Welcome to the Weird History Podcast. I'm Joe Strecker. This is an independent, listener-supported show. To support it, go to weirdhistorypodcast.com. Quote, An officer of artillery, a man of gigantic stature and of robust health, being thrown from an unmanageable horse, received a very severe contusion upon the head, which rendered him insensible at once. The skull was slightly fractured, but no immediate danger was apprehended. Trepanning was accomplished successfully. He was bled, and many other of the ordinary means of relief were adopted. Gradually, however, he fell into a more and more hopeless state of stupor, and finally, it was thought that he died. The weather was warm, and he was buried with indecent haste in one of the public cemeteries. His funeral took place on Thursday. On the Sunday following, the grounds of the cemetery were, as usual, much thronged with visitors, and about noon, an intense excitement was created by the declaration of a peasant that, while sitting upon the grave of the officer, he had distinctly felt a commotion of the earth, as if occasioned by someone struggling beneath. At first, little attention was paid to the man's asservation, but his evident terror and a dogged obstinacy with which he persisted in his story had at length the natural effect upon the crowd. Spades were hurriedly procured, and the grave, which was shamefully shallow, was in a few minutes so far thrown open that the head of its occupant appeared. He was then seemingly dead, but he sat nearly erect within his coffin the lid of which, in his furious struggles, he had partially uplifted. He was forthwith conveyed to the nearest hospital, and there pronounced to be still living, although in an anaphylactic condition. After some hours he revived, recognized individuals of his acquaintance, and, in broken sentences, spoke of his agonies in the grave. Unquote. That was Edgar Allan Poe. Some of you might have recognized his signature style. Purple prose, lots of adverbs, whole lot of passive voice. Yeah, I wonder what a modern editor would do to that guy. Anyway, that was fiction. That was from Poe's story, The Premature Burial. And Poe made up the specifics of that and several other premature burials that he talks about in the tale. But he didn't make up the fear. He didn't make up the fairly common phobia about being buried alive that floated through the Victorian era. Because if you were a person in the United States or Canada or Britain back in the 1800s and even in the 1700s, maybe you or someone you know were very, very afraid of being buried alive, of slipping into a coma, of getting some kind of illness of maybe going into a trance, all of your vitals shutting down just enough, then your doctor saying you're dead, but hours or days later, waking up and being surrounded by the walls and the darkness of a coffin. Now, this might sound like an irrational fear, but to be fair here, until fairly recently, doctors didn't have a lot of definitive ways of determining death. It is indeed possible 
for a human being to be in a state where things like their breath and their heart rate are only perceptible to experts or are only perceptible to electronic equipment. There were all kinds of things you could do to determine whether somebody was really dead. For instance, put a piece of glass or a mirror near their nose or mouth to see if they fogged it. But again, that's not entirely reliable. Depending on the heat, the humidity, the moisture, all of that, you may not get anything. You could look for a heart rate, but again, it might not actually be perceptible. Or you could just have the body out and wait for it to either rot or wake up. One of those things will start happening, and then you know for sure. So this fear has at least one leg to stand on. But it might be a bit absurd that in 1896, a group of Londoners formed the London Association for the Prevention of Premature Burial. And one of its founders, a guy called William Tebbs, wrote a whole book on how to tell if somebody's dead or not called Premature Burial and How It May Be Prevented, with special reference to trance, catalepsy, and other forms of suspended animation. So this fear maybe has one leg to stand on. But it is still slightly absurd-seeming that in 1896, a group of Londoners formed the London Association for the Prevention of Premature Burial. One of its founders, a guy called William Tebbs, wrote a book called Premature Burial and How It May Be Prevented, with special reference to trance, catalepsy, and other forms of suspended animation. By the way, parenthetical here, William Tebbs, also in the 1890s, prominent anti-vaxxer. So I do suspect that maybe his ideas about public health and wellness might not have been entirely on the level. By the way, get your flu shot. It's almost November. But this phenomenon that engendered a lot of fear among a lot of people had a solution. And that solution, obviously, was safety coffins. Don't want to be trapped in a coffin where you can't contact anybody? Easy. Just build a coffin where it's possible for your still-living body to contact the outside world. Instead of making a coffin that's sealed on all sides, put a breathing tube in. So, if you wake back up, you have a way of actually getting air. Hey, even put some food down there. So, in the event that, you know, you're just in a coma or whatever, you have some snacks waiting for you. Also make sure that you have a way to communicate with the outside world. Give the not-deceased something to pull on. Something that will ring a bell, raise a flag, that kind of thing. So people in the graveyard know that they got a live one, and it's time to take some spades to soil and dig up the totally not-undead person who is trying to literally rise from their grave. Now, here's the thing. These were patented. People talked about them. People wrote about them. They marketed them. And we do know that several safety coffins were actually built. And their creators would pull publicity stunts, where they got in a coffin, stayed there for a while, brought some food with them, chowed down on some bread and sausage and whatever, just hung out inside their box, pulled on a rope and rang a bell, and showed off how great being in a safety coffin was. We know that happened. However, I was unable to verify whether or not anyone was actually buried in a safety coffin, 
or whether there are any cemeteries that actually have these things in them. You'd think they'd be easy to find, right? After all, the whole point of these safety coffins was that obviously somebody was trying to get out. So you would have pretty prominent flags and bells sticking out of the grave. However, it seems that as prominent as this, however, it seems that not a lot of people actually went for these marketing schemes. But there was enough of a perceived demand that some people did try their hand at engineering a solution, which is amazing. But I haven't gotten to the real question yet. I haven't gotten to whether or not we know that anyone has been definitively buried alive. That thing that Edgar Allan Poe wrote about, that thing everybody was afraid of, did it happen? Like, are there any instances where we can verify that somebody was shoved in a coffin, shoved in the ground, and had dirt poured upon them while they were still living? And the answer is yes. Premature burial has indeed happened. And there are human beings who have met their doom inside their own coffin. This is from the New York Times in 1885. It talks about a case where a coffin was disinterred and transported, and the reporter writes, quote, The coffin being wood, it was suggested that it be opened in order to see if the body was in such condition that it could be hauled 20 miles without being put in a metallic casket. The coffin was opened, and to the great astonishment and horror of his relatives, the body was lying face downward. The hair had been pulled from the head in great quantities, and there were scratches of the fingernails on the inside of the lid and on the sides of the coffin. These facts caused great excitement, and all acquainted personally with the facts believed Jenkins, Jenkins is the dead guy, was in a trance, or that animation was apparently suspended and that he was not really dead when buried, and that he returned to consciousness only to find himself buried and beyond help. Unquote. And here's another one, also from the New York Times, also from the 1800s, this one a bit later on, in 1886, quote, A girl named Collins died here, as it was supposed very suddenly. A day or two ago, the body was exhumed, prior to its removal to another burial place. When the discovery was made that the girl had been buried alive, her shroud was torn into shreds, her knees were drawn up to her chin, and one of her arms was twisted under her head, and her features bore evidence of dreadful torture. Unquote. So those are two instances from the era where people were afraid of this that we know about. And... If those are two instances that we know of, think of all the potential instances that we don't know of. All the times when the body didn't have to be disinterred. When there wasn't a reason to move a corpse from one place to another. Think of all of the people who could have expired within their own grave, raving, scratching, screaming. And nobody came to help them, even though help was a mere six feet above. We can't say for sure, but it probably happened more than twice. Is that enough to justify the common Victorian fear? I don't know. Is that enough to justify safety coffins and gimmicks and flags, bells, feeding tubes, and all that? 
probably not. In most cases, when somebody seems to die, they're probably dead. Intertwined with the fear of being buried alive is also a sort of hope. The idea that, like that artilleryman Poe described, you can be injured, have your skull cut open, get trepanned, get bled, be put in a coffin, buried, but then get a second shot. Granted, you have to go through some stuff, but you're back. You're resurrected. There is a faint slimmer of hope that is wrapped around and part of fear of being buried alive that seems to be part of its anxious allure. But again, it is exceedingly unlikely. There are so many other things that can kill you. Heart disease, cancer, getting hit by a car capriciously and randomly on your commute. That fear of an early burial is probably not the best use of your anxiety. And I suspect that Edgar Allan Poe knew this as well. In his short story, his protagonist talks about how he is so afraid of early burial that he makes a kind of super safety coffin. He arranges that his family vault has shafts for air and light attached to it. He makes sure that the doors of the mausoleum are openable from the inside. He arranges all manners of comfort for himself in the event that he is mistaken for dead and he wakes up inside his own mausoleum. But toward the end of the story, he wakes up with a start. He sees wood above him. He seems to be in an enclosed space. It is not his bed. Where is it? Is it a coffin? He suddenly panics. He flails around. He reaches and then... And then realizes that he is merely on a bunk in a ship. And the enclosed space is simply nautical as opposed to funerary. The moment for Poe's unnamed protagonist is something of a reckoning. And he examines himself, his fear the lengths that he went to to prevent being buried alive, and suddenly feels a bit silly about the whole thing. He says, quote, My soul acquired tone, acquired temper. I went abroad. I took vigorous exercise. I breathed the free air of heaven. I thought upon other subjects than death. I discarded my medical books. I read No Night Thoughts. No fustian about churchyards. No bugaboo tales, such as this. Poe seems to be making fun of himself there. In short, I became a new man and lived a man's life. From that memorable night, I dismissed forever my charnel apprehensions. And with them vanished the cataleptic disorder, of which, perhaps, they had been less the consequence than the cause. Unquote. I'll leave you with this. Nowadays, it's nearly impossible that you'll be buried alive. Because if a modern coroner or mortician is embalming you, if you are not dead by the time you get on their operating table, well, given the chemicals they pump into you and the incisions they make to examine you, you will be dead by the time you're done. So in the unlikely event that you are alive but not kicking when you reach the morgue, don't worry. They'll take care of that for you real soon. Happy Halloween, everybody. Talk to you next time. <laughs>